conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roe.co slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. Carol's last good summer may be ending, but mine is just getting started. I'm pint-sized, despised, and <laughs> quite surprised that I'm drinking this modern alchemy water. <laughs> oh my god, I love any kind of bullshittery around Tamara Judge. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 70. I am here with none other than the OG of the AG, senior producer of Life Itself, and also VH1, Damien Bellino. Damien. On a weirdly, it just like rained for a second and I got a blowout and I almost had a panic attack about I stepping know. outside. I stepped inside. Um, I walked here from my home <gasps> and I stepped inside, a, and I wouldn't say a bodega, but something of sort of like that. And I got myself a protein um, cookie yeah? and a banana. How was the protein cookie? Um, it's satiated me. <laughs> okay, good. So will this episode. So will our little Kiki. So much to talk about, but first this thing in front of us <laughs> is algae water. So, we um, need to toast. So we need to toast because it's episode 70 and one don't of... Do don't smell it. <laughs> I just smelled it and I don't... I'm not going to smell it. But one of our amazing listeners <gasps> reached out and said that... I don't remember if it was a guy or a girl, but shout out to you, special person, and said... Um, or non-binary, who knows, who's to say, and said that they were going through old eps of AG and loved our drinking episodes, and even though I cannot currently drink, rest in peace, my beloved um, passion for Kiki, I thought, what better for us to consume than a little throwback, since Real Housewife has been killing it, let's um, have a little throwback Kiki with some Modern Alchemy, which is on sale mm-hmm. at the <laughs> Whole Foods on 88th and 3rd, and guys, it's, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm quite happy for Jules that it's like still a thing, on right? the market. Yeah, it says, I just want to say before we try it, that it doesn't expire until October of this year, so if it tastes like death. It smells bad. I awesome. don't smell it. Okay, I'm not going to smell it. It is a spicy matcha flavor and I can like have all of it. It's main ingredients are coconut water, lemon, 
Rishi? Is that how you pronounce it? It's a mushroom. I, not, Rishi, Rishi. I don't know. I don't know. It's something Japanese and Jewish. And ghost pepper. And then on the back, it's like a there's mi- a lot. It's like coconut water mixed with like the Beyonce cocktail when she did to do Dream Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like lemon water, cayenne, maple yeah, syrup. Pepper, yeah. Except I don't think there's any maple syrup here because you know, like Jules watches. She replaced weight. maple syrup with coconut water. She replaced maple syrup with reishi mushroom and dandelion. Oh, cool sickle pod. Is what's walk? Okay, wildflower honey. Okay, she's that's a, that was an accident. Nobody told Jules that there was going to be like a sugar in this. Okay, um, it says feel spicy and new with some of Asia's most revered botanicals. All right, so this is going to be series finale. Japanese for Girls. super tonics. Okay, it's great. Mod- well, here we mod- go. Okay, guys, um, cheers to episode seventy and to you and to both of us. Okay, here we go. Oh my god, I smelled it. It smells like death. I haven't tried it yet. Oh. Sarah like fake drank it. I did, and I, I watched you it po- hold it up to your mouth yet. while I, you watched me drink. It smells bad. It doesn't taste good, but it, it doesn't taste like, as bad as mm, I thought it would. It smells like how I imagine Michael Weinstein would smell before he took a shower. Oh, gross! After cheating on his wife. Okay, here we go. Yeah, it's not not bad. It's not good. Sarah must throw up. <laughs> oh my god, that is not good. I think it's decent, and you might have Jules as a guest on. So let's talk about it positively. <laughs> Positively, it's a really good appetite suppressant because I don't think I want to eat food after that. It's spicy. Is that what you was... No, it's not. It's pungent. I think there's a spice to it. Oh my God, who hurt her? <laughs> Why is this happening? Let's try it again. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah, I like the spicy aftertaste. It is that, like, there's, like, that weird pungent. The initial taste is pungent. It's interesting because the aftertaste is, like, ginger, but also I like the poop. Ap- there's, I like, like, a I nice like the ginger aftertaste. I, I, combination. The, the initial sip is hard, though. It's the aftertaste that it's like, oh, it kind of, like, burns going down, and it's, like, kind of, like, yeah, gingery. It's the spice. But why does it taste like it smells is I the think problem. That that it is, smells I think, Well, coconut water doesn't have a particularly, like, pleasant smell to me. I, I, I swear to God, I smell poop. You don't smell poop from this? I'm not going to think about that because I didn't, so I don't want to, like, put that I'm going to try Guys, I'm going to try it one more time. This is a um, rave review. <laughs> so much to talk about, though, really. When it comes oh, my to- God. It's the worst thing I've ever had. Guys, That's exaggeration. Please guys, give do it a me chance. a favor. It's on sale at 80. It's on sale. It's two fifty. I think it's on sale at every Whole Foods because I actually think I saw it on sale at We've been Union trying Square to get it for well. a long time. I, I'm interested in your, um, in your friend. Spicy your, the, matcha. Into um, the listener who was listening to our yes. old um, episodes yeah, yeah, from yeah. season one. When of- we got, like, actually trashed. I mean, I, there were a couple episodes where I was straight up drunk. But I was thinking about what, what kind of drinks do we try? We've had, um, we've definitely tried a lot of many skinny girl things. Do we have Ramona's um, wine? I think we've had that before. Yep, we did LVP's Oh sangria, yeah, I bought her sangria. Which was like a million dollars. You had to go to Times Square. Yeah, it was, I think it was at Buca de Beppo. It was like the only place you could buy it in Times Square. Um, I don't know who else we tried. We did. Get, I did a made-up manzotini, which was like something Italian with champagne. You can't get Vicky's vodka, right? Like, it's not available. No, although I think they just, I mean, like, breaking news, I think they actually just settled that lawsuit with Vicky and Brooks, like, this week. There was some I kind of crazy correct. thing, which is insane. That's why I was thinking What happened to Wines by Wives? Remember when Vicky and Tamara wanted to go into business oh. for an hour and a half? I thought that was actually a very good idea. But yeah. I guess because they were the ones responsible for it, that's why it didn't come to fruition. I don't know. Didn't some, didn't Brandy have a wine or does? Oh have yeah, a... Brandy had 
dumb Chardonnay, blonde Chardonnay, dumb, dumb super blonde. dumb blonde. I don't know. I feel like I tried to get that and it was not moron. available on the East Coast. And then, of course, Colette, which was Heather uh, Heather Dubrow's champagne that I was desperate for. And Is it available anymore? No. It, they, like, produced, like, five cases, and I think Terry brought all of them. And like, it was black, dumb. Then there was Blackwater. Which I never tried. Jacqueline, Did you try? What is her last name? Lorita. Thank you. Um, no, right? I never tried yeah. it. And Chris. Is there anybody else? No, we have Tipsy Girl, is that still on the market or dead? Tipsy Girl is sold, was sold at like a single shop in Connecticut and then someplace in Greenwich Village. And I never picked up. Because remember Peter? Remember back in the day, Peter, rest in peace? Yeah. He was like the old guy yeah. with the red scarf. And you emailed with him. And we emailed with him and he was like, it's on the ship from Italy. I'll get you guys some as soon as it arrives. And then we never heard from him again. Mm-hmm. And I like followed up with him like no less than seven times. Yeah. And we never you're, got it. If nothing else, you're always on brand with a circle back. <laughs> I die for a circle um, back. Uh, there's a lot to talk about this week. I was like walking here and just like brewing. And I started to write notes down, which I don't normally do when, we, when I record with you. Because I usually just, I'm like, oh, whatever. Sarah brings up I'll talk about but I was like oh these are things you don't want to forget to bring oh please do I mean I feel like I love when you're here because I get to be as lazy as I want I feel like there's a lot to talk about with New York so maybe starting there but like the I don't know where to begin have you talked about the Luann do you not listen to Andy's girls I didn't listen to the last um the last one okay (laughs) (laughs) that is a bald-faced lie okay so here's the thing so Lou we could just talk about forever and ever and we should there's a lot like why I guess we should start with why wasn't Lou at the reunion and will does that mean that she will be back next year like what was the reason for her not being at the reunion is it because she's actually sick is it because she's sick but also wanted a spinoff one-on-one back with Andy maybe not in that Hampton's house you think that that's why I mean I thought initially I was like she is not going to want to talk about the fact that her kids and ex-husband are suing her and when I heard that she was like had relapsed or was going back I honestly thought that was reason especially because at the time that they made that announcement she wasn't actually in rehab and I would have thought maybe they would have gotten her into rehab first before announcing it like it felt like not to compare her to like Harvey Weinstein but remember on that first when the Harvey thing came out and he was like holed up in his house and like refused to actually go get help like I wasn't sure if it was like you put out like a blanket apology or something but you skip you know, press stuff. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but like, I didn't know if, if her going to rehab or relapsing was a cover for the fact that, yeah, she may have relapsed, but also didn't want to be asked like super personal questions on camera. Like I didn't know what was going on, but the more I've heard about the situation, the more I've heard that like, is Lou the Kim Richards of the East coast? I mean, like, it sounds like she has a real problem, yeah. which is so interesting for um, this season's arc because obviously nobody, especially no one in production or any of the editors, were giving that any kind of air. Like, you know how, like, Bethany references that, like, Carol's really unhappy about Adam or whatever, and she'll, like, throw stuff out there that, like, maybe, you know, thinking, like, maybe the editors will include it, maybe they won't. Nobody referenced Lou maybe relapsing. So I think it was a shock to everyone. Well, I think Lou, this Dorinda did this about, week, in this week's episode. I feel like Dorinda's thing was more, like, you're just trash. But no. Oh, no, right, in the she car. Said, she said she's going to start drinking um, within three months. She told me that. Okay, so what do you think about that moment? I think that Jordan is an alcoholic, and I think that, um, and like that's, you know, 
I mean, I guess I shouldn't, that's not my place to say, but she's no, it's her place. She certainly has a drinking problem. I don't know what her scenario is. Um, but from what I've seen on camera and like, listen, people metabolize alcohol different ways. People have different relationships with alcohol. I think that it is, I think that as Ramona said, like, I feel like they both were at fault. I, I don't, I think that it seemed from my perspective, the way it was edited, I felt like Luann's comment was sort of like innocuous. I think it was sort of like, oh, you're switching. Like, don't be mean. Don't do like, maybe like, like I didn't think, I didn't think of it as being like a, you're drinking too much. I thought it was just more of like, oh, there she goes. Like now you're drunk. But Dorinda, because she was, I think drunk, like really got mad and then just like really hit with low blows. And she did the same thing to Bethany last vacation when she just like pulled out all of the like stuff that like everybody thinks about Bethany, which is like, you're always in control. You can't have fun. You love to like be negative about all of us, but don't want to open up. Like all of that is true and that's fine. But this stuff was like, I mean, she's been Luann's biggest ally in the group of women and, she was saying things like, you're a convict, you're an ex-countess, you have a mugshot. Again, they're like, I guess they're all sort of facts, but they were like pretty hurtful to your I close like friend. what Luann was trying to do was save Dorinda from herself and also be like, it's not that Dorinda was drinking too much, it's that Dorinda turns into a goblin. And so what Luann was saying was like, you're getting yeah. wound up. Like, it's Martini o'clock, it's Dorinda o'clock, she's about to become a hot mess is that caused by drinking of course but it's also she's consistently a hot mess like on all of these trips like she gets to that or at these dinners or whatever the whole thing with like bethany when they were going to puerto rico like that whole thing was a fucking mess it was like embarrassing so i thought that's what luann was warning her not lu i don't think luann was saying like I'm a recovering alcoholic or, or whatever I'm in. Yeah, I'm I, in don't recovery. Was, I don't I think any she part was, of it was that. Right, and I think Dorinda, everybody has Dur- a trigger. That was, and that was Dorinda's perception. Right, that was Dorinda's perception. And the fact that by the end of the episode, Dorinda hadn't come around to like, I made a mistake and seemed to be kind of cool with the shit that she said to Luann was rough. I also don't know how this is going to work. I think it's going to work on the reunion. Like, I think they're going to deliver and it's going to be great. Obviously, it would be a lot better if Luann is there. I think that Luann has a real serious issue, and I don't know what that means for her. I don't want it to become a Kim Richards thing where it's like we're watching this person break apart. But I think Luann has, you know, it's like we've been following these women since the beginning, since day one. And the women have inferred that Luann has always been kind of a mess behind the scenes for a very long time, including when she was still with the Count, when they would say that you use the Countess title, but that's not what you're like. But we didn't necessarily see that on camera. In the last several years, we've seen it on camera, but I think that this behavior or whatever's going on with her has been going on for a while. We only just know about it because she was arrested. So I, I don't know, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know it, what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to know like what is real and what is not. And also, we, always, we are just seeing weird edited versions and... I mean, to be fair, most of the housewives, like 98% of them... Have a drinking problem? Or we see versions of them where they are incredibly intoxicated. I mean, I don't know. I just saw a scene from next week's OC where Shannon and Vicky and Tamara are so drunk. Like, they are cross-eyed drunk. Like, if I saw my mom on TV like that, I would be like, oh, my gosh, mom, don't be that drunk. But, like, also, you're allowed to be drunk with your friends. Sure, and they're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. Be responsible. Right. um, And whatever. For long delays. But, you know, I don't know... I would argue that a lot of the women in New York drink a lot, including, like, Bethany and Carol, who I think are, like, ones that probably, like, carry themselves better when they are drunk. Like, everybody gets very drunk on that, in that city. Have we ever seen Carol super drunk? I mean, everyone in Tetsuo was so drunk last year in tequila. 
Yeah, that's they were true. so drunk. But like Carol seemed not that drunk because she was with Ramona, Ramona Luann, Sonia. Like Bethany was sobbing, like topless, weeping, drunk with Ramona, who was also sobbing and oh my drunk. God, that was such a good moment. And like Luann was falling down, and Sonia was naked, and Dorinda was slurring, and like Carol is like ninety pounds and was like sitting there. So like she at did, most, so like, she does. Carol's ninety pounds when she like eats a full meal. So like I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the real is, um, but I hope that Luann is okay. I. It is this weird thing where, like, I start to have trouble with the show when I don't know. Because I am most invested in watching these shows because I like to think about the behind-the-scenes things that inform these things. And, and, like, almost think of them as, like, an anthropological study. I know that other people take them for face value and like to follow the drama. It is why, and I know a lot of your listeners have DM'd you about they want me to stop talking about this. But, like, it is why I take so much issue with Bethany. And I know that people have said we or I am hard on her. I'm hard on her because she facilitates a lot of drama around people who I think she is much stronger than whether financially and professionally and um, maybe like physically, like mentally, like she's like, she is smarter. She is richer. She is maybe doesn't have the same sort of like demons. And she's more powerful. Yeah. And so that makes her more powerful. And that is why I struggle with that relationship. However, this week with Carol being fired, I feel like, or, or, or this 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 week with Carol, being fired or quitting or whatever, leaving. announcing she's that she's leaving. leaving. Um, I have been questioning like where my loyalties lie when I watch these shows because I often feel like I am in the minority. Like when I feel like I feel like everyone started the season off being on Team Carol, and now I feel like when I watch Watch What Happens Live or I see like friends of the podcast on Twitter, everyone's sort of like Team Bethany now, and I'm baffled by how the tide has changed. And I'm wondering, I and I'm being genuine, like viewers of or listeners of Andy's girls like send me messages or whatever like why are you on team Bethany what has what has happened this season that makes you think that Carol is a villain all of a sudden because I've never been a Carol fan I've always thought she was sort of boring and innocuous and I thought that she just rode Bethany's coattails to being quote-unquote like cool but now I feel like because she is against Bethany that has made her more interesting to me for sure um, because she's challenging Bethany and she's able to keep up, um, you know, like she's smart. Yeah, she's smart. Um, you know, that has been really fun to watch, but I'm so shocked that people are, you know, don't, don't seem to think, take her side or understand it. And I think that, is it because people like that Bethany has just consistently been the same, whether it was poor Bethany and then rich Bethany, she's always been the same and I don't know. I'm, I'm now I'm sort of just yammering, so please stop. I feel like a lot of people like Bethany because you ride hard for Bethany, right? Like, people stand for Bethany since day one. And I think that this season, in the fight between Bethany and Carol, a lot of people are watching Bethany emote a lot on camera and show very specific kind of vulnerability. And they're not seeing that from Carol. And I think that's why a lot of people are like, Carol seems really cold. Bethany is going full out in this and at least expressing okay. um, fear, anxiety, hurt, betrayal, anger. And I don't know that it's a case of like whoever's loudest wins, but I think people see that Bethany's pain and it's easier potentially to empathize with someone 
that is so obviously broken mm-hmm. than a person who's probably more emotionally mature and emotionally smart, which I'm I think stable, right? Emotionally moment. stable, yeah. which Carol is. I mean, Carol made a point of saying this week when like Bethany was losing her mind, Carol was like, yeah, I don't, we don't like need another round of crying. Like that doesn't solve anything. Like that doesn't do anything. And also I'm tired of it. And I get that. I mean, I pulled up, um, Brian Moylan's recap this week. Um, Brian, who's the president of the Real Housewives Institute, famed recapper for New York Magazine. And he wrote something that I was like, oh my God, this is like my aha moment, which was Bethany seems like someone who is always waiting to get abandoned. And then when she drives people away, it just reignites that fear she would be abandoned in the first place. There is something very deep seated and pathological that is driving Bethany in this fight. And Carol is annoyed by that pathology treating her like shit. And I think that's really smart. Isn't that really smart? Like I was like, oh my God, Brian, that's like what I've been feeling, but I didn't know how to say it. And I also feel like Bethany, but that doesn't make me side with Bethany because no, I, I feel like right. as Ramona said on Watch What Happens Live and why and how and how every and how Durant, what Durant has said this as well. Um, Bethany makes it really hard to be close to her, and so she let Carol in, and then they had like whatever a tiff or their relationship evolved, changed, whatever. But now, like Bethany is exhibiting this behavior that it to me isn't. I don't, I don't know. I, it doesn't like her crying and, and she pushed Carol away essentially. And now is sad because Car- the relationship has changed and Carol's right. like, she's pushed Carol away and then is sad and angry about the fact that there was a change in their relationship. And it really might not have been as easy as like, Oh, it was just Adam. It was just something else. It might've just been the fact that Carol was reintroduced to Bethany. Like Bethany came across as a certain way as this like fun girl like good time sally whatever and they did some fun stuff together and she saw bethany react and be kind of crazy or whatever and it might have just like the day-to-day bethany being bethany just genuinely might have eroded their friendship the fact that bethany didn't acknowledge carol who doesn't walk let alone exercise running the fucking marathon the fact that bethany has reportedly a hundred million dollars at least has tens of millions of dollars i think that's probably factually correct and didn't contribute to her charity the fact that bethany did say shit about adam i don't think it's just adam but i think that adam was a part of it but bethany was trying to create plot with that the fact that Bethany is kind of passive-aggressive and goes from passive-aggressive to aggressive-aggressive. Bethany sometimes, like, dangles a carrot of passive-aggression in the whole shit with the guy with the red scarf and then just goes all in. Like, Bethany is um, an angry, isolated person who, this is something that Brian said in his recap, he's like, she has no strong relationships except with her daughter. And I think that's accurate. She has Terry from Florida, the blonde woman from New York with the schnoz that I die for. She has her assistants, old and new. She has, what, Dennis, who can, I guess, get her a private jet, so mazel to them. She doesn't really have strong relationships except i guess for the women that she records with because she's been with them for so long like when she had that moment where she's like oh it's the ogs i liked that i thought that was i thought that was great i thought it was great but it was also like yeah you have this because like y'all y'all are getting paid to be on camera together do i think that they would have given her as many choices or you know conversely would she have given sonia or ramona as many choices if they weren't on a show together yeah probably not but that's the reality of being on a tv show and i thought it was a great moment but i also think like she drives people away and you guys know that i still 
really have a lot of respect for her and a part of me will always love her, but I'm so deeply team Carol in this scenario because I think that Carol is responding in a healthy, normal, understandable way. And Bethany is just emoting. And sometimes being upset isn't a real defense. Like it's not enough to be upset. It's not enough to have a panic attack and a tantrum. It's not enough to just say like, I'm really sad. I'm going through a lot. You know, the, the restraining order with Jason is ending. I'm really busy all the day because for the rest of her life, she's going to have to deal with Jason Hoppy. For the rest of her life, she's going to be busy. Like, none of that is going to change. She needs to change how she reacts to stuff. Her environment is always going to be complicated because Bethany, at her core, is a complicated person. Well, of course. And I think that the thing that one of the things, like, on Bethany's side that I'm, I feel for her this season is that I think... Not being able to talk about any of the stuff that's going on with Jason mm, and yeah. her divorce mm-hmm. and her and not being able to um, show Bryn. show her relationship with her daughter, who is probably the, who is the person she is closest with, and also probably would show a different side of her to the public. I think not being able to show that stuff because she can't talk about it legally and she can't legally show her daughter. I think that that a lot of that I would venture to say is why she we saw her sort of combust in. Mexico. I'm sure some of that was informed by her relationship with Carol and also the way she was being treated by all the women. But in I, Mexico or Colombia? What did I say? You said Mexico. I'm so sorry. I meant Colombia. Yeah, she did in both, by the way. She yes. did in both. But I felt like this season when she had that weird panic attack in the home and then Dorinda went in and also the night before she was crying and mm-hmm. then Carol, she said that Carol didn't stop her when she was crying. Carol was like, I didn't see that you were crying. Right. I feel like all of that stuff, I'm sure, was informed by her relationship with Carol and also informed by the fact that she knows these women don't really like her um i'm sure it was informed by that but i also think it is it's everything and she can't talk about the other the everything right so and she can't show her relationship with her daughter to show the viewers that there is a softer side to her that there is a side of her that is able to connect with another human so i think that some of that was her spiraling because it was like i have all this stuff going on i can't even talk about it any of it on camera and i am spiraling however that said Listen, I'm a firm believer in, like, when there's smoke, there's fire. If you are on a television show with how many of them there are? There's seven. 1,700. There's six of them or seven of them. Yeah. If you're one of seven women and six of those women don't like you, don't really like you, and the two that give you the time of the day and that do film with you are the two that you called a slut and an, and a, an alcoholic who oh was a, God, had a cheater yes. brand, like, I think that there's, like... I don't take these show for face value. I really do think about them. So, like, I get it. I get that they're producing. I get that Bethany is knows how to make great TV. But, like, I think that that's when Carol drew the line because she knew that Bethany was trying to make their friendship work for television like Jill – she wanted to do for Jill Zarin. And like Jill, Carol was like – and I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think I know that scenario well enough. I feel like the roles were actually maybe reversed. But I think that – Carol was like, we're not friends anymore. It's changed. I love you, but it's changed. That's what Bethany said with Jill. And I think that, you know, Bethany is crying and emoting because she knows that the show needs her to be, her and Carol to be friends. Well, Carol wasn't playing that. And I think that that's what we saw. And I think that I'm disappointed that Carol left the show and I don't know what the terms were, but she announced it already. And like the reunion hasn't even aired and that already takes the wind out of the sails because now it's like, well... I was hoping that Jill would come back next season and she and right. Bethany would be in cahoots together. 
against Carol and Tinsley and Dorinda. But now it's like Jill's, if Jill comes back, it's going to be like Jill's going to be Bethany's lapdog and they're going to boss everybody around and Jill will hate all the people that Bethany does. Well, I think if Jill comes back, then it actually does. It might actually make it more interesting and a little bit more tense because it's not as obvious that it would be a, a natural me against you. I think mm. it gives Jill a little bit more power if Carol's not there to decide what she wants to do. I do think it's slightly fucked up that all of the Team Bethany people who are like super hardcore who aren't apparently paying attention as much <laughs> in these episodes. Sorry, guys. I used to be one of you. I understand that all these people are like, oh, Carol quit or Carol got fired or whatever. Obviously, it means that Bethany destroyed her at the reunion. Guys, I don't actually think it means that. I think that shit went down in the reunion and either Carol walked away, which, by the way, if that happened, is a rarity in the Housewives world. Usually, their contracts aren't picked up or they're told, like, go fuck yourself. Or... Bethany worked behind the scenes because that reunion is going to be like on fucking fire and was like, I'm not back if she is like, I, it could be a combination of both. I don't a hundred percent believe that Carol walked away because she was totally done with it. Even though that would be understandable to me. I do think that there had to have been some sort of work that Bethany was doing behind the scenes because she does have a lot of power. I actually wonder, because I'm obsessed with Andy's relationships or the perception of Andy's relationships and friendships with these women, and I am so curious I have how to his assume, friendship will be affected with Carol and Bethany. I have to assume that he's not friends with either of them anymore. He used to be. He used to be. He was friends with Bethany when she wasn't on the show anymore. Right. And he was friends with Carol prior to her being on the show. But I have to feel like... I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're all professionals, and Andy's like, hey, guys, it's television. Like, I can't, I can't not include this stuff if it happens. But I don't know. I also don't know how you remain friends with somebody when they show you, like, X, Y, and Z. Do you think that Bethany has enough power to say to production, I'm not recording if um, I'm not back if Carol is? Do you think Bethany would put herself in that position? Uh, yeah, probably. Because I think that that's what happened with Nini and Claudia Jordan, allegedly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's a good after, point. And I loved Claudia. Cla- they, that Nini apparently accused a producer of basically, like, telling Claudia to... I'm going to use a word that somebody used about Carol and Bethany, which was that apparently someone told Claudia to, like, eviscerate Nini at that dinner, where she basically said, like... Where Nini tried to like make fun of her for being mixed race, and oh, Claudia was, was like, Claudia was like, moment. "Cool, you're a former stripper who isn't college educated, and you're just tearing me down because I'm I am a black woman. So like, just oh because God. one of my parents that is white, and it was so such bad. I, and I, I think I know I'm paraphrasing, but I think that I'm re- that. No, I think you're I'm right because rec- I remember like feeling a little vomi when it, it happened. It was we- really weird that like it was, super it was really racist. weird that her like being mixed race came into it, but then I was also like, then Claudia was talking about her like being like a stripper a former stripper which was weird and then like yeah. then they both were sort of just like name calling i remember being like oh my it was like very like pearl like clutching pearls like it was great reads but it was also like really lowest common denominator and then claudia didn't come back and it was like oh after you have that moment you assume you're coming back but i, I claudia was excellent tv but i heard that was because um nini, nini threw down want, right and i mean i think we've seen it on oc when i think that vicky and is one of the most garbage uh, people, but has is one of the best housewives because she allows her. She manages to be the star and be garbage, which like is my problem with a lot of the other women who become the stars that, that they don't want to be perceived as garbage. Yeah, like Nini and LVP and Bethany don't you don't see right. them as garbage. Teresa and Vicky, they're trash bags and they are like not likable, but also they are showing every little bit. But Vicky, I think, ran into the last two years where Tamara and Shannon were like, we're not filming with her. She is. She lied about her boyfriend having cancer on television and manipulated us. And I think production did the best that they could. But I think the last season of OC was really bad as a result of that. So I think that, yeah, maybe production has learned that 
or not learned, but maybe with Bethany, they were like, yeah, I mean, at this point, Carol, it's easy to like paint Carol as being too cool for school, which has sort of always been her deal, apathetic, and we can paint her to, to, we can vilify her more in that way because Bethany is showing emotion, and let's, and if Bethany's saying it's me or her, I mean, we're going to for sure choose the fan favorite who has like a legacy and deeper history with the women who are all, who the rest of the cast. It just, the whole Carol thing makes me so sad. Now I'm now drinking alkaline, modern alkamini water. Oh my God. Alkamine. I am so concerned I'm just like drinking it like as it's, it's water. That makes me very nervous. Um, I am really sad about Carol not being back because I think whether or not you're team Carol or Bethany, you can agree this is one of the best seasons of any franchise in Real Housewives history. Like we're getting fucking gems every week. Like it makes yeah, me sick good. to watch OC because... It's, like, in the same span of time, like, New York should be winning, like, every major whatever award for, like, magnificence. And OC is, like, slowly spitting down the drain. But I just, like, what's going to happen next season? Like, this is a perfect cast. Like, Tinsley, I think, made the kind of choice that Sheree made on Atlanta, where Tinsley went all in for one person who she thought had a ton of power. And then that person for, I'm not to say that, like, that, you know, Carol's anywhere close in personality to Kim, but when that person that you side with is no longer on the show, like, what are they going to do with you? Like, Tinsley doesn't have... I mean, I, I, it's Tinsley. Like, she's supporting. Like, she's a friend of, but she's full-time. I, I actually 100% agree with that, which is that she is essentially a friend of who is full-time. I think that she is, like... I think that she added cachet to New York because she was, like, a name. Right. Yeah, like, she was a scene. genuine name. She was a real socialite. 100%. But I think depending on what's going on with Luann, like, I feel like they're going to want Luann back for sure, but I also feel like they just gave Luann a redemption arc, and I think that, like, it's going to be, they also know that, like, it's not going to, like, if she's really hit rock bottom, then yeah, I think... I think she's, like, hitting rock bottom Then it's going to be hard to, like, have her come back, and I think maybe if they feel like they have, they can bring Jill back on, I feel like, I mean, this is the first time in Housewives history where I feel like it seems so obvious that they're going to bring somebody back from the past. Like, it seems so obvious that Jill, uh, that Jill is going to come back because we saw her and Bethany make up on camera, and Bethany's best friend and her just had a falling out. And I don't know. When I saw that moment of, like, the OGs, I was like, oh, gosh, next season is going to be, like, a return. It's a season 11. It's going to be, like, the OGs and Dorinda. So do you think that Tinsley is gone? I don't know. Tinsley might, could be a friend. It could be Tinsley a friend of Luann a friend of. I feel of. like Luann might be like a guest or a friend of, and I feel like they're going to bring Jill in, and they're probably going to bring in a new person, and I bet they're going to try to bring in like a woman of color because I feel like New York has been trying, allegedly has been rumored to be trying to do that for the last couple of years, but like I guess no one's made it far enough to like be on camera. Um, hmm. But I think it's like it is weird that New York doesn't have a diverse cast because it's weird that all of these franchises aren't diverse. I mean, but especially like New York, Dallas. But, but like, well, New, what the fuck? But like New York and Beverly Hills to me. I make, mean, they have a brunette, but that's not enough. I feel like New York and Beverly Hills make the least sense to me because it's Hollywood and it's New York City. So like, how do you right. not have like there are very affluent like women of color in 100%. both cities? And I mean, Beverly Hills is considering Denise Richards. Like, I'm sure that there is an A list, or I should say, like a B list or C list. D D E a D F a, a D E F <laughs> list actress of color who would be great too. And like Beverly Hills needs something to to liven it. But anyway, I think that next season would be. Well, I think I think Ramona will be back, and I think Bethany will be back, and I think Sonia will and well, and Dorinda will be back, and I think that's four. And then everyone else is TBD. I'm just honestly, I'm still in, to be honest, like a little bit of a place of shock about Carol. Like, I just, I want to well, know. Why the reason for announcing it before the reunion, you think? I found, well, I, I. 
you think she's trying to get ahead of it so that it's like the news item opposed to that's what people are suggesting right? i that feel she, like maybe she's like taking the i feel like she's turning the narrative i just don't know why like i genuinely keep thinking about this like ever since i found out which was within minutes of it going up as a people exclusive i have been thinking about it a lot and i just don't it's like one of those things where i genuinely don't know something happened i it maybe she just realized that the contract wasn't maybe they i don't think they started filming like maybe she just realized that the contract wasn't going to happen for her and just yeah wanted to get in front of it so that she owned the story of not returning maybe it was a fuck you to bethany in some way that she knows that there's something that's coming up on the finale but like listen i i was there for the finale taping shit goes down with Luann and Dorinda, I didn't understand it at the time. Now I can understand why they would have some sort of fight. There was nothing weird that was happening with Bethany and um, Carol that night. So the only thing I can think of is that something happened during the reunion and Carol either knew that she didn't want to be back or knew that they weren't giving her a spot. Interesting. I don't know. I want to know what the inciting incident was. I don't know, but I feel, I don't know. I really, like, it's driving me slightly insane. Can we talk about Bethany being Lam Luan's spokesperson? Because that strikes me as really disingenuous. And, like, I hate that that makes me feel that way because, like, again, you want to believe that these friendships are real. But it does strike me, again, as an opportunity for Bethany to um, create a narrative that, like, she and Luann are friends and that Luann trusts her because Bethany is, quote-unquote, the most successful, most smartest, of, most richest, most wonderful, most beautiful. So I got really angry when I read that release because I felt like it was Bethany trying to, like, quote-unquote, be sober, where I felt like she was—it was—I thought it was Luann's story. Like, why is Bethany saying it? And also, if Bethany had something to say and knew the narrative, like, why not just say, like, Bethany's team said or friends of Bethany said or sources close—like, why did she need to— put her name on it and I have been told some stuff about you know Lou's struggles and the fact that allegedly Bethany has actually been really great and so for me I thought it was I was more focused on like why is she so you a think part of the you statement think that friendship has actually become some somewhat genuine right which I was like that cannot be accurate I mean, but it might be I, I honestly I believed it in the moment in yeah Columbia when she when Columbia, Luan's in crying the about Dorinda because I felt like they I felt like Bethany came back to the house really beaten down and she saw her quote-unquote friend slash co-worker right. also really beaten down and i think there was that moment that was just like and she knew that dorinda was the person who beat luann down and and it's like one of those things where you're just like she was like i never told this story to anybody but like i already had a conversation with dorinda about her problems so like i'm sorry that that happened to you and i felt like that seemed it seemed genuine in the moment that like they both felt defeated and bethany was like trying to help pick her up I 100% also felt like it was full circle from the Berkshires when mm, Jules, but I was thinking of the moment when Jules was like crying about her dad dying and Lou goes next to her to comfort her, but she makes it all about herself. So when Bethany walked in the room, I was like, oh my God, you guys, it's going to be like full circle. Like, except that Bethany's not the one that made Lou cry in this moment, but like Lou's going to be really upset. And I really kept waiting for the moment where Bethany would be like, yeah, and you have no idea what Carol just said to me. And then it didn't happen. No, yeah, she then was... Bethany actually was a really good friend. And I was like, oh, this is actually a really nice moment yeah. between them. And also... What the fuck, Dorinda? Like, 
what the fuck? That was like insane to me. She for no reason snapped because she was triggered and then says the worst possible stuff about a friend who is struggling and is is trying to be sober now is she trying to be sober because she's on camera she's trying to be sober because she wants to get a good judgment in her case well, yeah, but like, it's, that's really between her and whoever else like was she always sober i don't know like i don't have the answers to this but i also think that's not really i can talk about it but it's not really my business yeah. like the fact that dorinda went so hard against her and then also said that shit in the van is not Great. I mean, no. that makes me think that the reunion is going to be, like, fucking insane. I know. I didn't realize. So is the season finale next week, or how many more episodes before the reunion? Next week is the... Penultimate? Next week is the boat. And, and then I think there's one more episode and then the reunion, but it... I'm sorry. I think there's one more episode and then the finale, or it might just be boat and then after boat finale. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so much. Um, so much happening. I... I'm very excited for the reunion. I'm like nervous for it. I'm nervous and, and, for it. And I'm I nervous, really want I'm, to. Yeah, I'm nervous, but I like die for I it. I also really want to request your listeners to please like, just like let me know why you side with Bethany. Like, I don't want to argue with you because like that's, I'm not really interested in like being, I don't need, I don't need, I'm not going to be convinced Hashtag to be, be on your, cool. I'm not going to be, don't um, be uncool. I'm not going to be on your side or be on <laughs> B side, but I really want to know why people feel so strongly about it because I do remember, I be do, communicative. I do remember that somebody <laughs> was like, you guys go so hard against Bethany. It's getting a little tired. And I remember being like, mm, I feel but also like that can't be one of those people that listen to all of our episodes. Cause I used to like sing her love songs, you know? True. Um, so I don't know how long we've been recording, probably like three hours. Do we want to talk about the other franchises? Yeah, no, we're actually okay on time. I want to talk about OC because I mostly don't care, but, um, but I want to talk about this because I haven't seen anyone talking about it and people might have been, I didn't really look. Is this the first time Vicky is not in the center? Oh my God, Damien, I'm so glad you said that because I was wondering that too. Like she, so they're like not really, no, Maybe no. they didn't have enough room for her new chin. <laughs> No one's really in the center, but I Shannon know. and Tamara are like side by side. And I'm I was so like, into I it. was like, is this how they got? Like, we're like, we'll be, we'll film with Vicky and be her friend again. But she is out of the middle. Like, it she was, it's, it was sort of shocking left. to me because I feel like she has, she al- right. she's always been in the middle. And then I was like, ha- and then I was like, well, Gina was in the beginning in the early seasons, right? Mm, maybe I don't. I don't know. And then I like wanted to do the research. You stand for Gina. I, I just know. like I stand for Gina's relevancy because I like that she shows up like at least once a season oh as God. Vicky. She showed up for, as Vicky's ally when everyone else hated her i'm so into it so yeah that's like the question i have so uh i guess this is a question that was for you but also i guess for your listeners since you're not answering me but like is it the first time vicky hasn't been in the middle i think it's the first time vicky has been in the middle also speaking of first times when i started the premiere episode last week is this the first time that they have legit used the first 45 seconds of the premiere episode as the trailer for the season. No, they did it last season, I believe, too, because oh, I remember having this. Because I hated it. Yeah, they did that with um, they did that with OC last season. And I think it must be the production company that does OC. Oh, my that God. That must I, be their style. I, the same way they show the animal, the, the families in the, the background. Animals. I hated it. I was like, because I hated the trailer. I thought the trailer was disgusting. So I was like, this is not doing anything for me. Like, I, I just was put off. Yeah, the trailer's really spliced up this season for OC. I, I've heard it's a good season. I mean, I think I heard that from Andy Cohen. But like... I've heard it's a quote-unquote fun season, which makes me very nervous. It, that sounds like it's there's no drama, but it's like not boring. And that... Is okay, but like I would think that someone would have said like Beverly Hills was at a fun season last year, like it was awful. Yeah, uh, I Beverly would... Hills was a season that happened last year. Oh, That's the that review. was the OC and Beverly Hills were so and New Jersey were all both so bad last season. Um, 
Yeah, the trailer is hard because like they splice things up so much. Like it seems like Shannon and Tamara were at odds in the trailer, but then on premiere night they both were guests on Watch What Happens Live, like being best friends. And I was like, well, that was a weird PR move because if they, if you guys are trying to position that like they have a feud, then just like keep them apart for a couple weeks. They so one of them says that like for a couple of the episodes from like episode three to whatever, there's like weird stuff. And I have to say that in that Watch What Happens Live episode, it was kind of weird. It wasn't like they were best friends. There was some passive aggression. I love Shannon, but. And I know you love her, like, more than anyone. And I, she's, like, your number one That's housewife. That's right, you guys. More than anyone. I know she's your number one housewife. But, like, she... I love you. I struggle with her. You. And, like, anytime she kept being like, oh, okay, my body versus Tamara's. Oh, Tamara told me I needed to get breast implants. And I was like, oh, Shannon, just, like, be cool, girl. Like, I love you. And, like, keep... Shannon is not cool. That's why I think she's the coolest. I know. I, I think I, I know that about her. But I was struggling with her wearing her neuroses and insecurities so much on her sleeve that night. I didn't feel like that was tension between her and Tamara. I felt like it was seeing her, like, I'm um, Tamara's older, like, out of shape, now newly divorced sister. Ouch. And, yeah, like, oh, that cut. I feel like that she, like, feel, she, like, wears all of her stuff on her sleeve. And, like, it's what is, makes her a wonderful housewife. But also, like, it's hard to watch in those moments where, like, Tamara's not doing anything. And she'll be, and, like, she'll be like, cool, Andy, put us in workout gear next to each other. And Andy's like, wait, you look great. And she's like, oh. oh. And it's, like, too much time on, like, live television of, like, her just, like, making noises. And I'm like, oh, I love you, Shannon. But, like, this is the worst. Wait, can I just say one thing? You guys, if you went to my Instagram this week at Dame Galley, please follow me because you bitches wanted me to go public and now I am. Um, so after recording Andy's Girls, was that last week? It feels like yeah. it's been a year. I went to drinks off the record. I had an hour-long kiki with Her Holiness, Shannon Bedore. It was myself, um, Richard J. Alexander, whose name I just forgot for two seconds. I just had a stroke. And um, Dave Quinn from People Magazine and fucking Shannon Bedore at the plaza. I couldn't drink. I was devastated. If there was one moment where I was like, okay, so if I have alcohol, like I could have a neurological episode and maybe pass out, but I was considering it. Like she's like, are you sure you don't want anything? I was like, "Mm." Like, I was thinking about, like, which hospital was closest to the plaza. It was remarkable. Like, it was... I don't know what we talked about because, honestly, like, my brain was on fire. Like, I was just elevated. It was, I had an out-of-body experience. Like, right before you die, when they say you, like, circle the heavens or whatever, that was 100%. Like, she was at, I just want to make a PSA. She was as awesome, interesting, funny herself. You know, like, she's quirky. I'm quirky. We get it. So she didn't record an episode of Andy's Girls with you. You just no, it hung wasn't. out with her. I hung out off the record. It, there was a lot. And there were some moments, though, where she, like, referenced something that had just come out in a tabloid. And I was like, no, no, I know that. Like, I saw those. <laughs> like, the other two were like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. I, like, 100% saw that in Daily Mail. Like, I know exactly. I could tell you, like, what the third and fourth photo, like, from your whole situation, like, what that was uh, referencing. Because I struck you. Did she love um, that? She loved that you knew about her life from the tabloid. Oh, I essentially bowed down to her and was like listen i just want to like repeat back to you all the reasons that you're my favorite of all time and she loved it she was touched she was touched it was like amazing i was like i just want you know that like nine lemons in a bowl one of the best moments certainly the best tagline of all time but it just incredible just you're just incredible you just keep doing you and then we're like talking about dating and stuff and i was like what's happening like what it was the craziest thing it was like a genuine and then at the end she's like Let's get a photo of the four of us. And I was like, cool. 
because I was like, do you want me to take it? No, she wants me to be in it? Okay, great. So is this what? Oh, my God. And then I, like, literally left, and I died. Like, I 100% died. So, guys, she go po- to my... She posted a picture of yeah, you on her Instagram. I know. And then she posted a picture, and then I was like, huh? Because <laughs> she put a thing of, like, meeting friends old and new. So, obviously, I'm best friends with the love of my life, Shannon Bador. Amazing. Which was amazing. So, you. just, like, happy for... I'm happy for myself, mostly because this season is going to... It's like, why, am, why should I be punished for New York being that good? Like, what's happening in the OC? I just don't know. Vicky's face looks weird again. What do you think? What happened with Eddie? Yeah, I don't know. What are know. you thinking of um, OC so far? What do you think of the new girls? What do you... I mean, I think Kelly Dodd is um, amazing thus far. And, you know, you really had um, a distaste for her in her first season. And I feel like now she's like, oh, she is I 100% thought she should not come back similar to how I thought Leanne shouldn't come back because I said they were too broken and too evil for me to like digest I've got to tell you I think this is Kelly's season like what Kelly has said in the last two episodes and how she behaved and watch what happens live her watch what happens she, live was I, I see one it of on the my best DVR and, like, with Bridget like, ever. and I was like don't delete this um, and I recommend that everyone find it because when she, she plays Shannon and Bridget Everett plays her in yeah. the like it's, it's so not great. my plate. And then she plays like a game about like cougars and she basically is like, yeah, I'd fuck that person. I'd fuck that person. And they're all like 17 and uh-huh. a half. And she was like, don't care. Let and, me see their dick. And then she also, somebody was like, do you think that um, Vicky's apology to Tamara and Eddie was genuine? And she's like, oh, she's full of shit. And then she was like, ah, I mean, I guess it was genuine. She cried. And then someone else was like, do you think that she'll stay friends with um, Tamara and Shannon? And she was like, I mean, they're still friends now. And then she's like, no, no, no. They'll, they'll stay friends because they're still friends right now. And I was like, oh, you are so good at this. Because like, everything she said was like, she would say something and be like mean and kind of joke it off. And then she'd be like, no, I'm being serious. Like, I think they're going to be friends. And then she'd be like, because they are still friends right now. And um, it was like, she just knew how to do it all. I think she, I said this to, I don't remember if it was James LaRosa or someone, but like, you can't, I get why people dislike Kelly because I used to be there. But honestly, I thought last season she had a great season. I thought season she, two was hard for a lot of first housewives because yeah, like, 100%. because then they learn the process and then they're like trying to do too much. And I thought that she like kind of like allowed herself to lean into it. Right. And also she is a little nutty. So like when totally. she came for Megan King Edmonds, obviously that wasn't a moment that one should like aspire to have, but that was true. Um, it was accurate. It was real. Uh, she was really being sort of horrible. Um, but this season, I'm 100% sure. Her, this whole thing with Vicky having a fucking cookout or whatever and inviting Michael, I don't disagree with because I guess Michael and Steve are friends. I think it's weird. But you tell your friend, you tell your female friend if Michael's coming to the cookout, if also you don't, like whatever. How- but if he's getting introduced to somebody and you might be helping with that and then you're going on fucking double dates. It's weird. And you don't tell, Ke- and then she's trying to like, She's trying to um, gaslight Kelly and be like, why are you so upset about this? Why are you making it into a big thing? And it's like, are you kidding? If Don, if Tamara set up Don Gumvelson with someone and then Tamara and Eddie were going to like sushi with Don Gumvelson and fucking Betty Boop or whoever it was, you're not going to have an issue with that? Are you out of your mind? I was so upset for Kelly. And you could tell Kelly was being real and being honest and being pissed. And I think that the way she handled it the way that Kelly reacted was so real and so honest, and I would have been horrified if you, I had found that shit out, especially from, like, a fucking person from, like, a tabloid. Do you think that Vicky ever regrets leaving Don Gumvelson? Like, I feel like she left... I mean, because I didn't really watch OC religiously, so I want to ask you about this. Like, do you like, feel like she left him because she, like, of, like, fame and money, and then now she regrets it because he was, like, somebody who really loved her? I feel like Vicky regrets it in the way that Chris Jenner regrets leaving 
the Rick Chris Jenner regrets leaving Robert Bruce Nay oh. um Caitlin because Chris is like look at the pain that I've gone through and but when Chris says that she acknowledges that if she didn't marry then Bruce she wouldn't have Kylie and you know like Kylie's lips and um Kendall, Kendall. and I think it's sort of similar in that you might be in a in a better place now but that put you in a direction that you wish you had been able to avoid and I think that's slightly similar but I also think there is no way on the planet Earth that she and Don would have been able to stay married. And also, by the way, Steve seems like a perfectly nice person. But when you are referring to him as someone that should be following the example of your staff, that's not a great marker of a good relationship. The fact that he immediately, like, took her up on the, or, or, like, owned her a little and was like, what are you saying? Like, I'm not a staff member. Like, don't say that, like, I should have a checklist or whatever the hell it was that she wanted him to do about, like, stuff around the house. Like, I'm not a staffer. I'm your partner. I'm your boyfriend. I'm your lover. I'm whatever. Like, the fact that Vicky is still thinking that she can have a support system and treat them the way that she did with at least Don, if not the guy before him is not a great indicator of how long that relationship will happen because she's not, Vicky's never going to change. It's like Ramona. It's like every season mm-hmm. Vicky has a new beginning and that new beginning lasts five to seven minutes. That's why this whole bullshit Bible apology to Eddie, which was Deuteronomy, go fuck yourself. Like it was all different kinds of like, Jesus is amazing. And it's like, yeah, okay. Jesus is great or whatever. I'm Jewish. I acknowledge it. He seemed like a wonderful person. I would be happy to break bread with him as long as it was gluten-free. But that doesn't, it's like, this doesn't mean anything. Like, this is all bullshit. Like, it's going to last five seconds, and then it's going to be over. And I think that's what Kelly is saying in the press and in her blogs and stuff. She's like, you can't, Kelly said in her blog from this week or last week, she's like, you can't take it, you can't teach an old housewife new tricks. And that's it. It's like, some of these women pretend that they're maturing, but the reason that they're on TV is because they're incapable of it. And Vicky is the Ramona of the West Coast, so none of it means anything. She's like, she is garbage, but at least we can see enough of it to sustain ourselves. Um, excuse me. Yeah, that's really that, that's interesting, the idea that we watch them to see if they will change, but we know that most of them, because they are on the show, and just by nature of being on the show and being on the show that produces scenarios for you to be in, that like they won't and that they're not that's I know that's part of the appeal I guess totally it just it is like it's such a loaded cocktail like why you sign up for something like that when you know you're just like sort of doing this merry-go-round and like life but I think the success of a good franchise is having one at least one person usually it's like the center hand right but having one person that you know will never change like one person who will always be insane like you have it in New York with Ramona you have it in OC with um with um uh, uh, Vicky, you have it in Beverly Hills with, I actually don't know, maybe that's why Beverly Hills last season was so terrible. You have it in Dallas with Leanne, and you have it in Potomac with Karen. Like, there is one person who is so consistently delusional and will never understand another who's, person's who's perspective. Atlantis? Um, probably Nini. You think, though? I feel like she operates more of a place of, like, of, uh... Kim? Oh, gosh. It was for sure Kim. I maybe and maybe it was Phaedra before that, but I don't think that they ever played her as delusional. I don't think it, Phaedra had enough of an. I arc. think Kenya was delusional Ken- for a while, and then yeah. she, until she wasn't. I think that Atlanta it probably changes, but there it, the marker of let's say a good season is at least one person who is completely out of their mind. I love what you said about Karen being delusional because I think she does sort of operate this very important 
bot on Potomac, but I, my friend Michael, so hi Michael, because I'm going to tell you to listen to this now. He <laughs> was telling me that he thinks that he thinks that Potomac like is really good. Um, he just watched, he binged it all, but then he like, did he got, start season one or two? He started season one, and then okay. he just got to the current season, and now he's like mm-hmm. not as enchanted. And he said he feels like the problem is that like it can't figure out who's the lead, and like that's he thinks that's the sign of a good Housewives franchise is like when it knows who the anchor is. Right. I don't necessarily agree with that because I think that all of the franchises have a couple people. Like there's usually like one person I think like. On Atlanta, it is Nini, but I think, like, Candy operates a very important spot, which is, like, she is sort of, like, the Greek chorus. And I think that Bethany is sort of, like, the anchor of New York, but I think that Ramona operates a very... I think Ramona and Sonia both operate a very important spot, which is sort of, like... Huh. The level of delusion and or, and, oh, yeah, and yeah. humor. Totally, I think that in I think that problem with Beverly Hills is there's too many women trying to anchor the like fabulous part, which is like LVP is that, but like I think you have Kyle who like is the actual glue and is the original connector of the totally. original cast, and then you have Erica Jane who sort of was pushed to be fan favorite and is like this fabulous over the top character. And now I think all three of them are operating a similar plot. Like it's, they're all trying to be the same thing. And it's like, that's boring. Right. Which is why, even though Teddy is gross in Beverly Hills, because she's like, <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't get how you spend this money. She's interesting. Cause she's right. different. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I happen to think that, you know, Potomac is anchored in Giselle. I think that she is the smartest, the most successful, like the, she is oh, the one with yeah. the good quips. But I think that Karen, like Michael, my friend, feels like Karen and it's Michael Ashley's husband. Hey, Michael! Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, it's Michael Darby. It's Michael Darby. It's Michael Darby. Um, Shout out to Michael! I bet he listens to every Real Housewives podcast. But I, th- but I think that um, I was curious if what you think, like, what do you, who do you think operates like the queen role of Potomac and? Do you think that's problematic in that? In I don't know that there's. I I think that the I think there's a difference between queen and core. I think that Giselle is probably the core because when you look at all this shit, this shit with like Sherman's ex-wife, they're bringing her on camera to they're bringing the ex-wife on camera to fuck with Giselle. When you talk about the original um, fuckery with who was going to get into it with Karen. It was Giselle. When you talk about like who's playing the businesswoman role, like who's the entrepreneur of Potomac, it is Giselle. I don't know if she's the queen of Potomac. I don't know that that totally fits, but the streets are talking and she's key uh, is what (laughs) I would say. I think that Karen is a bad fit for the queen because Karen is a facade. This is the whole great reason. But it of, makes her wonderful, tele- wonderful television. Just like Vicky can be when we get enough of other people opening the door to the, the, to the, to the falseness. So we don't feel like we're going and saying that like nobody is being honest about it. Like, Karen is great because Ashley is there. Oh. Karen would not be Ashley good TV is if Ashley for all of us. She's Ashley, a great producer. The, the only person, the only housewife of ever, of any franchise who should have a producer credit, it's not Bethany. It's like fucking <laughs> That's Ashley. Good. You should Darby. tweet that. That's a funny joke. You should Thank tweet you that on, a, on Sunday night. Okay, totally well. Um, but she, it's true. But she also, um, what is interesting is like she, I think, operates a role that is really hard to play on Housewives because it's different than like quote unquote producing like say LVP or Nini or Bethany, where they're they're sort of like pulling strings to make things happen for drama it's different because she is literally literally the person who carries um stuff information from one person to another and then calls other people out on saying things sheree did it in atlanta for the last two seasons and people were always like oh sheree's the bone collector sheree's the bone collector dorinda does it on new york and mm-hmm. I, I think we just saw it in um columbia where bethany was like please stop telling one thing that i tell you stop telling everybody else totally somehow ashley does it and they are all like oh 
that's it. Like, Ashley stirs the pot. That's what they always are like, Ashley stirs the pot. But she has a way. I don't know if it's just the fact, it's just the chemistry of that cast, or if she's just very good at it. But, like, she has a way of of communicating information and then also calling people out in a way that, like, they all just accept it. And, like, she and... Karen argued for an, apparently an hour car ride, and like a lot of it made it into that episode because she just kept being like, "Well, that's not what you said. You said Ray had an old shriveled up dick. Oh, oh well, he God. he told Michael he was going to move to Florida without you. Well, that's not what he told Michael." And she, and then the Candace tried to get involved, and it was like one of those moments where I was like, "This girl isn't right for this show." Because like Candace was like, "Ashley, suck why, a dick. Why are you involving her?" And she was like, "I'm not talking to you, Candace." I want to talk about Candace also because I felt like this last episode when they're in France and she is trying to have a conversation with Ashley, Robin, and Giselle. Ashley, mind you, is the person who, like, quote-unquote, brought Candace into the group. Okay. But she's, like, trying to talk to the three of them, and they're, like, taking a picture, and she's getting so offended, <laughs> and Karen, so and then Karen's like, hello, can I interrupt to, like, facilitate this conversation? Oh and the conversation was, like, I am, you feel like you guys don't know me, and you only see a side of me, and they're all like, what? And she's like, and it doesn't seem fair, and Giselle's like, what isn't fair? (laughs) And I feel like that was a moment where Candace realized that they were probably too many episodes into filming where she hadn't made enough of an impression, and she was like, I have to try to speak, and Karen was probably like, well, then you just need to say it. But, like, the argument, it's, the argument is like, you guys don't know me, and it was like, okay, Okay, so let us get so show us other sides of you. And I was like, she's done. I felt like she shot herself in the foot because I was like, she hasn't had a moment, and then she tried to have this moment, but like the moment wasn't based in like actual drama. It was like, guys, I want to be a major cast member. She's like, I want to return my princess crown, and they're like, cool. Except we're the ones holding all the receipts. Like we we I don't like the fact that you guys think I'm a princess, even though every single thing that I've shown you supports the fact that I act like a princess diva and I've made my entire time on this show to be about my bajillion dollar wedding, my boyfriend with a brown dick and whatever ass- else. I have to assume that she was brought on as a full-time housewife because she had some stuff going, like she was getting married and like and she was actually planning a wedding opposed- And she's like fun and Yeah, like- she's pretty right. and she's fun and she like adds like she's youthful like Ashley. She's a fake Miss USA. But I think that Cherie it was probably because Cherise wasn't didn't have a lot going on in her personal life. Slash Cherise's husband, estranged husband who like pretend right it was like go fuck yourself you're not gonna do it i well i bet he wouldn't film and they were like well what do we have to show if we can't film with you like going through a divorce and like there's nothing and she was probably like i'm sure she wanted to like because sharice has been pushing drama and is more in the mix than candace is but she's not in the opening credits i don't know again the things that fascinate me are like the fact or when you watch fights that are actually about tell the show and not about like the real shit 100 percent. like who brought Sherman's ex-wife was it Sharice or Monique how pissed was Sharice when Monique was like "Um." and also that conversation was so cool to me because Monique was like I love you so much and I'm so glad that's out there and like I think we both were messy and Sharice was like no you were and it was like well sure and Monique was like Monique was she was like Sharice was like you have to take responsibility and Monique was like I do but I mean you also are the one who was friends with her and said like you were going to invite her that one thing and Sharice was like 
that's because she's my friend, though. And, like, Monique is like, it was both of us. And she's like, no. And I was like, oh, Sharice. Like, I love her for that because she is, like, really committing to her story. I felt like it was super dirty, and I appreciated it. I think it's, it is so this dirty. Whole, this whole thing with Sherman's, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's just to fuck with Giselle and try to bring her down a couple notches. But it's happening after she and Sherman broke up. So, like, what are you doing? It just feels cruel at a certain point. It's like, maybe do this if they were still dating. Well, but I if you know that they, that they, they broke the, up. I think they didn't have the balls to do it when they were still dating because they felt like it was mean-spirited. But now, but then it yeah, was but like now it's, like, even more mean-spirited. Yeah, I think that it was mean because they, they were they figured it wouldn't affect the actual relationship, so it was, so it was already over, maybe? I also, don't she's the underdog if they broke up because he broke up with her. Like, True. why are you going to bury her in the shit that she's going through from the breakup with someone that she thought could be, like a real potential next long-term love by bringing the ex on. It's not like they were, it, it happened because Sherman stopped like returning her calls and texting her. It wasn't a good ending. So then for her to go through that and like tell her kids that he's no longer around and stuff and then be like, surprise, it's his ex-wife. Like, why would you do that? That just feels stupid to me unless you hate her. And why do you hate Giselle? Because she has the power? Because cool. No, because she hates or was mad at Giselle because Giselle oh, the fireman? said that she had a boyfriend and that Eddie had a girlfriend and that like they had basically argued. Yeah. I'd like to hear separate. more about that, to be honest. Well, I guess then Sharice, and Giselle knows I, that and knows that Bravo knows that, but she, but Sharice is mad and is trying to combat that, which also creates great dynamics because it's right. her bringing on. It um, also means that we're going to talk about the fireman so much more than true. we would have already. We're keep so like, that flashback so to watch great what job, happens you guys. live. Maybe you need to take some lessons from Ashley. To call back like the conversations about, like the Potomac conversations that were probably about off-camera stuff, I feel like that is also a lot of what is informing the Bethany Carroll stuff. If I think, and I don't know if you, and I'm curious if you agree. Like, I think that Carol, and she said this in her blogs, like, Bethany is good at making television. Yes. Carol is good at maintaining real friendships. And I think that that is, Carol sees through it. And I think that Carol is, like, aligning herself maybe with the rest of the women, not because they're real friends, but because she was in the dark for a while and didn't see the side of Bethany. Excuse me. And that, so now she's like, yeah, I get it. She is, like, she is, now she is manipulating this, right. The narrative of our lives, quote unquote, our lives when we're on camera, and I and I it, I'm not doing that. Like I feel like she referenced that in her statement when she was when she was leaving. Where it was something about like genuine friendships and whatever. Like she wants to go back to being a journalist, blah blah blah, and also like having real genuine friendships, which is a fuck you to Bethany because it's like, sweetie, like you can have the show. I want to have a life. Didn't you say that um, Heather Thompson when you interviewed her? And I think this was in the actual interview that Heather said essentially that. Oh my god, I'm gonna forget you guys. No, Heather said uh, towards the end of that interview, after like she talked about like me hiking a mountain, that she, <laughs> um, that Carol <sighs> wouldn't. I hope I think she said this on on record. <laughs> that she said that Car- that Carol wouldn't just make up for the cameras. That like the way that she, the Carol. I'm that, sure that the, was on the show. The Carol sure that she knew in real life. Regardless, I don't remember, but. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I just feel like this was maybe a long time coming that, like, Carol was on her way out, but I feel like maybe if it was edited differently, maybe she would have stuck around to come back to, like, round two. Which makes me think, yet again, for the 900th time, what the fuck happens on the reunion? Yeah, but also, like... Allegedly, someone has a folder. Like, Bethany has a folder of secrets or something. Oh. Like, she brings... What are you reading, Radar Online? I know, all of them. You know I read all of them. I go I mean, we've seen this before. LVP got Brandy fired, essentially. Nini got Claudia fired, essentially. Teresa got... Who got... Who did Teresa get fired? People, for sure. Jacqueline? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know that Vicky's gotten anyone fired. I think that Tamara and Shannon really give her... I think they will run. Yeah. Yeah. Gina sticks around. <laughs> I just, I just, I, I just don't know. Feel if, if the it's show's the best season, it needs to never end. If the, the show thing. stays on for another 10 years, Carol will come back on eventually. 
Yeah, it'll be her. She'll come back. She'll have one more good summer. Yeah. It'll be a a summer renewal. Maybe she'll have a new beginning. Who's to say? Uh, Damien, this was so good. Um, Listeners, if you're listening to this the day the episode goes up, which is Friday, uh, please follow me on Instagram tomorrow because I'm going to be somewhere very special that I'll talk about on the show next week. Um, but I think you're going to enjoy seeing my Insta story tomorrow. So follow me at Dean Galley and, um, TV party at TV party at, uh, Damien is online everywhere at, at Damien Bellino, OG of the AG, love of my life, soul sister. We're going to record the after show. Now I have several questions for you. Um, I want to talk about Kenya on Atlanta and I have, um, Real Housewives edition, Shag Mary Kill, uh, Potomac House Husbands, and also some a fun little round of Real Housewives of New York below deck. Some boat related questions for you. So we're gonna do a little sass on video. So download the TV Party app. Um, it's free. You're gonna fucking love it. And then go to Original Series, and you'll see the Andy Scrolls After Show. It's a little photo of me um, having a cocktail. And guys, please, will you please tweet us and. Um, DM us if you like being private and let us know why you're team Bethany. Yeah, I really want to like have that dialogue, but I don't want to fight with you. We don't want to fight. Okay. So sometimes you guys send me stuff and, um, I love it. So let us know your thoughts. Follow us on Twitter and Insta. I really genuinely don't go on Facebook. I try not because I think it like hurts your soul. Um, but let us know your thoughts because we love hearing from you. Damien, such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Die for you. Thanks for this alchemy me water. Oh my God. Alchemy. You guys don't drink it. Give it alchemy. to the person you hate the most. Okay. Alchemama. Whoever, um, maybe someone should bring it to, um, the apartment that Karen's staying in in Virginia. Maybe she's running low on groceries. (laughs) Someone drop off some modern alchemy. Okay, guys. Obsessed with you. See you next week. Bye.